Welcome from the deep. I am Mike the Finder. And I am Book of Brett. And today we are talking about the 2023 film The Sacrifice Game. Now, the Shutter Original. The Shutter Original. Good. Yep, that's a good point because that is a very important thing when we're talking oh. about these movies. I think yes, it's it important for context yes, as far as this movie goes. So before we get into that, let me just do a little bit of housekeeping here. If you're only watching this on YouTube, make sure you go check out some of your favorite podcast apps because we are on all of them. If you would only like to listen to us or on the go in the car. And if you're only listening to us on one of those podcast apps, make sure you go check out the YouTube channel because the YouTube channel has a lot of content on it that the podcast apps do not get, including some fun stuff that we're going to be uploading later this week. Uh, and it gets it first. And it gets it first. That is something we've never brought up. I don't think the podcast apps are one week behind our YouTube channel. And we do that on purpose so that the YouTube gets a little bit of exclusivity. Um, why are you laughing? <laughs> Please watch us. <laughs> I okay. It didn't so stink of, of desperation humor is, until you said that. No, but okay. No, I meant to. No, it's not desperate. So much of our humor relies on seeing yeah. us, and when I listen to it, I'm like, well, that didn't make any sense. It's it really is a whole different experience when you watch us versus when you just listen to us. That's not to say the podcast is bad to listen to, but it is a very different experience watching us versus listening to us. So, Indeed. okay, so I want to get into this movie because I feel like there's a little bit to talk about here. And I, I think you and I are going to have very, very different opinions on this. Yeah. I went into this movie had a, having just tried to watch the movie that we were going to do before we decided on the sacrifice game, which was Black Friday from 20, is that 2018, I think, with Bruce 20, Campbell? I, no, dude, I think Devin it was Sawa. 2021. Oh, actually, I think you're right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was 2021. 2021. So I yep. watched about half of that, and I called you, and I said, dude, this is really, really <laughs> bad. Um, I Basically, don't, <laughs> this won't work. Yeah, I don't think you and I are going to have a whole lot to say about this movie, so... We tried to figure out what else we could do, and I had heard some pretty good things about the Sacrifice game. This is, I think, at this point, a little over a week old, and so mm -hmm. it's still really new. The problem with it- 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. What does? This. The Sacrifice game does? The Sacrifice wow. game has 92%. Is that the critic score, or is that the, the, the audience? That's the critic score. Okay. The audience score is very different. 50% yeah. different. I mean, that makes sense to me. I think uh, if you're watching yep. this, with the idea of like, how do I say this? With 2023 in mind, I think mm -hmm. that this is a very different movie versus watching it just on its own merits. Because frankly, mm -hmm. 2023 has been what I would describe as a mixed bag uh, as in, in terms I've of been horror. I've referring to, I re oh. See, just I in movies we just in general, about, but specifically I, horror for real. I, I, I've been referring to 2023 as the motherfucker. It's definitely part it's, of it. I, I mean, it does feel <laughs> we are getting more movies than in 2020, 2021. Yeah, maybe it's it might be about the same as 2022. I'm not sure. But either way, the last few years for movies have been real hit or miss because of everything yeah. that's been going on in the world and stuff gets pushed mm -hmm. back and all the other stuff. So 2023, really, uh, I thought it started out pretty strong and I feel like it's just sort of tapered a lot. Um, and mm -hmm. we, we may talk about that toward the end of the year a little bit more. I feel like there are still some movies coming out. Uh, like, for instance, I just watched To Leave the World Behind on Netflix today. Um, came out of nowhere. And and if if we were trying to make a, a, a list of like our favorite movies of 2023 now and we hadn't had that, you know, experience of watching that movie, I feel like it's a completely different list. than uh, anyway. Um, the sacrifice game is something that I had heard a couple people talk about on some other podcasts that I listen to on Letterboxd here and there. Um, so I didn't really know what it was about going into it. Did you know anything about this going into it or no? No. Okay. No, I, um, I think that may be I, the I, way to see it, to be honest. I, I, I had a feeling from the poster that it was like some kind of like home invasion type thing. Right. Um, but that's, that's kind of how pretty, it's advertised. Pretty much it. Okay. And it, 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 does, it does have that vibe to it, but we're going to get to that. Yeah. So um, would you like to give us a synopsis of the sacrifice game for 2023? I would. And I had to write this one down just to make sure I remembered it. 
A hormonally charged religious cult shows us why Chuck E. Cheese would require children to accompany adults 50 years later. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I think we're going to have very different opinions on this movie. So yeah. if we... No, no, it is, it, is, it is about a religious cult, and they are a hormonally charged religious cult, but they, uh, they, they are going on a killing spree... To, as part of a uh, demonic ritual, and they end up at a girls' school where they end up terrorizing the inhabitants to complete the ritual. I've seen a lot of people on Letterboxd say this is the horror versions, the, the horror genre's version of the holdovers, which I think is kind of funny. Um, See, I don't get that reference. Oh, right. You haven't seen the holdovers. The, well, no, the holdovers it's, it's, is about people staying, watch list. staying at school over Thanksgiving break. So it's... You know, it's kind of, kind of the same thing, but I think that's okay. a very lazy surface level way to put it. Uh, so yep. if we jump over to the podcast drive-in here, The Sacrifice Game from 2023, it's an hour and a half. It has a 5.5 IMDb rating. Uh, it is directed by Jen Wexler. Uh, it's written by Sean Retlitz and Jen Wexler. Wexler? W-E-X-L-E-R? I'm saying that right. Yeah, yeah it Wexler. just sounds weird. Wexler. It does. It does sound. It does sound. Uh, it stars Mina Massad, which is the guy that played Aladdin in the real life version. Boy, <laughs> is he ever! Uh, Olivia Scott Welch and Chloe Levine. And the one sentence synopsis from IMDb says it's bad enough that boarding school students Samantha and Clara can't go home for the holidays, but things take a deadly turn when a murderous gang arrives on their doorstep just in time for Christmas. And Christmas is misspelled with two S's. I wouldn't call them a gang. They're more of a troop. Yeah, I wouldn't call them a cult either, but you called them a cult earlier, and I wouldn't call them that well, either. I think they're just a ragtag group of friends that all want to fuck the same girl. Bonnie and Clyde and Clyde and Clyde. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's great. I, I like that a lot. Uh, all right. Well, do you want to tell me how you felt? Uh, we'll, we'll give oh our initial boy. impressions about this movie. We'll keep it spoiler free for now. We will let yes. you guys know that when we are going to spoil this movie, because I think it's important that we talk both overall impressions yes. and spoilers later down the road to really dig into what this film is about. But we will let you guys know before we start to do that. So why don't you give me your initial impressions on the sacrifice game? So, uh, you know, going into this review, I wanted to shit all over this. But I had to remind myself that this is an indie film, uh, at least a low-budget film. Really uh, important why a, I said um, we have to keep in mind that it's a Shudder original, and Shudder is yes. not exactly throwing cash around. No, they're not. But I say that because uh, there are a plethora of issues with this movie, but there's still like a fun ride to be had in here. Although I gotta say, man, they could have cut this down by like 15-ish minutes and it would have been a much more concise adventure. Um, however, I, I, I do like the fact that we're introduced to the killers right off the bat. We start with it. We actually start with a really strong opening in this movie. Yeah, we do. And um, I like that we get this kind of back and forth. We get a little bit of an introduction to them, um, but we don't really get to know them, to see them, to figure out what they're about and who they kind of are individually and collectively until probably like a good like 20 minutes in or so, um, we do get a good amount of character development in here. Um, there is, you, you can't say that it's lacking in thematic elements. Um, what you can say is it's lacking in execution of those thematic elements. The dialogue and the monologues um, from, what is it, Mina Masood, is that his name? Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we may be dialogue, saying that wrong, but I'm not sure. Well, let's, yeah, but uh, anyway. Um, Masoud, maybe? Yeah, Aladdin, there you go. I'm sure I'll love that. Um, uh, I really can't get felt... work anymore because of that movie, really, which is why he ends oh, up no, in stuff can't. like this. He, he can't, yeah, every, everything since then has been low budget. But, dude, I don't think that's because he was in Aladdin. I think... It's because he's a very subpar actor. <laughs> he is over the top in this movie. His whole performance in this movie is completely over the top. He is as crazy in the beginning 
as he is at the end, and there is not really a lot of room for him to grow in that regard as he goes through this. But it's just everything is super over the top. He's He overacts almost every syllable coming out of his mouth. And the funny thing is, he's surrounded by what I feel is actually a pretty strong cast. Yeah, he's definitely the um, weakest link in this movie, for sure. He's the weakest link in this movie. Um, now... I'm going to say this, though. And one of his co-stars is a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's, again, we're going to get into, like, specific stuff that I had an issue with. But as far as the performances, for the most part, we've got some pretty strong uh, uh, performances here. The girl that plays uh, Rose... Um, is is actually not terrible, but you can tell it, it, she's kind of got that vibe of kind of just getting started off in her career, and she hasn't really quite found her voice just yet, but it's in there. You can see that it's in there. Uh, the two gir little girls in this movie are really good, actually. Both, uh, both of them are the, the strongest actors in this movie, yeah, for sure. The girl that plays Samantha and Clara, they're very, very good. Um, it is not Samantha's fault that the tears running down her face are very, very fake looking. <laughs> um, the biggest issue that I had with this movie, though, is the lens choice, which I don't know if I've ever said that as my biggest uh, uh, issue with a movie, but it is distracting from the second we get into the school. Um, you can tell that this is a very wide angle lens, which works great um, when it's chosen wisely, but I feel like the lens choices in this movie are either super limited or done without a lot of intention behind them. Um, you can tell that they're wide angle anamorphic lenses shot pretty much wide open. Uh, you said that there's a super limited uh, focal point on these lenses, <laughs> yeah. and it's because they're shooting probably almost completely wide open the entire time. And this works really well in dream scenes. This works really well in really unnerving scenes, but it's used in almost everything in this movie. But on the flip side of that, that could also be a budget thing. So I'm not going to... For me, I'm not going to let that affect my score. It's just, it, it was a personal thing for me. No, it's definitely that, worth noting for sure. I noticed it immediately as well. Um, and and the other problem with it is that it kills the 70s aesthetic in this movie. Um, it really takes away from it. Between that and the color grade, um, it really pulled me out of the 70s aesthetic, which is a shame because the like 60s to 80s aesthetic is probably one of my favorites in horror. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that the, the 70s vibe is not necessarily the focal point of this movie. I, I, I don't even think that no. they make it that big of a a thing no, at all. That's the but, thing, though. That That's the thing, though, is I noticed because of how good the costumes are. Yeah. Because of how good the production design was. And that's why I say this is not like, like I went into this wanting to shit all over it. But the more I analyzed it, I, the issues I had aren't gone per se they're just um th th they've they've leveled out a bit i i would say when, once you look at it in the context of what we've really got here uh the issues do tend to level out um but i i might do my looking back on it my biggest issues with this were uh mina i i, I gotta look up his name it's i've um, got it right here it's it's mina masoud M A S S O U D Masood. It's pronounced Masood. Are you sure? Masood. Yes. Okay. Put um, money on it. Somebody call me out. I, I, mean, if I'm wrong, I don't if know I, either. Wrong, I'm, I'm admit, I don't but, know either. I honestly have no idea. Um, the the and and before before I before I break off here, the two biggest issues I had were I. Not issues, not the two biggest issues, but two other issues I had were I, I can't remember the last time I watched a movie and actually thought, please, God, get some CGI in here. Um, and I had the exact opposite fucking reaction. That's so weird. Uh, well, no, that's the problem. The, 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 I had that react. I, I had that thought. And then I got some CGI and I went, never mind. Yeah. And then. Um, fucking modulate her voice dude oh my god like 
Oh my god, everything, I'm so glad you said that because her everything. She, yes, her ahead, speech is so fucking weak there at the end when she's supposed yeah. to be really scary and shit. And all I was you thinking don't care about me. All I was thinking is, dude, get some get some really burly dude with a deep voice, double layer it, put a little bit of reverb on both of them, mix them together a little bit, and it would have done wonders for the impact of that scene. I am of the mind that Will Ramos from Lorna Shore should be the one doing all <laughs> demon voices for the foreseeable future. Okay, well, I, like I said, we're going to have very different opinions on this film. I think that it is super, super fucking important to go into this movie with the idea that it is low budget. It is also yep. really important to think about who this movie is aimed at. When, when it's a Shutter original... This is for people that are really into horror movies. This does not have a big marketing budget. This is not going after people who are not really into horror. So mm -hmm. I think with that in mind, it's really easy to, for me anyway, it's really easy for me to like this a lot more than something like what we watched last week, which was It's a Wonderful Knife. Or was that two weeks ago? I can't remember. Uh, anyway. Oh, God. Yeah, they're all running together at this point. I think it was last week. It was last week. Um, so when we're talking about It's a Wonderful Knife, it's it's easier to hate on that because they're pulling from source material that we both really like and know. Um, mm -hmm. And with something like but they're low budget. And then with something like this, I think it's easier for me to like it because this is a more straightforward horror movie. And my bread and butter is like low budget horror and, and especially older stuff. And when you set it in the 70s, I think for me, it really hits all the check marks of something that I'm really going to be into. The opening scene uh, is so brutal and just mm -hmm. it just kicks it off so damn well. And it and it really lets you know that that this movie is not going to be easygoing. And I read some letterbox reviews of people being like, this is too mean and and I and I kind of laughed because it's like that's the whole fucking point of the entire well, opening okay. scene to set up Mufasa who these people the Lion are. King Two is coming out soon, so they can watch that. <laughs> exactly. That that first scene lets you know exactly who these people are, and yeah. and what their goals are, and how fucking ruthless they are in their mm -hmm. goals. And I mm -hmm. think that that's really important going forward. I also think I, I I agree with you. The two the two younger girls are the best the best actors in this movie and they carry yep. this entire film. The mm -hmm. uh, specifically Clara, I think that she is so damn yeah. good. It is not her yeah. fault that the production side of things didn't know how to make that scene that we're talking about later on super impactful because she yeah, gives the, dude. she gives the performance that would allow them to really fucking nail well, that scene. And, 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 and that's, that, that was a big part for me because there are so many opportunities for them to come in close on her, to really highlight her delivery. And yeah. instead, we're left with this same mid-wide shot from different angles yeah. the whole time. And again, we don't get, there, there wasn't, I don't know if they didn't, uh, I mean, they had to ADR it, but... I don't know if there just wasn't the time for the post-production on The Voice, but there were so many opportunities both during principal production and in post-production to really let her delivery come home. And it's, like you said, it is not her fault no. these scenes fall flat. No, as she does everything correctly. I was so goddamn impressed by by both of their performances the entire time. It's so good. And even the girl that plays the teacher, what what is her name in this movie? I can never I'm so bad with names. Uh, uh yeah, Rose. Rose. Um Oh, the character yeah, yeah. yeah, Rose even, Tucker, I think. Dude, even Rose is is really damn good. Like you said, I I think she does kind of feel Oh, like she's maybe at the beginning of her career mm -hmm. and hasn't really yeah. done a whole lot kind of But that did, I didn't know she was bad though. Uh what's interesting is when I look at her actress credits on IMDb, she's got 36 actress credits, which is way more than I thought it would be. Okay. Um but a lot of it is not stuff I've seen, so I don't uh, a lot of this is TV stuff. She was in Mr. Robot, uh which I heard was really fucking good. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know uh, well, any of this thing, stuff. Though, is dude, everything on camera gives you the feeling that something was going on off camera to affect what we're seeing on camera. Does that make sense? 
I think you may have to elaborate a little bit more. I feel like, it, I, I feel like first of all, the actors are working with the best that they've got. I feel like also maybe the director wasn't really giving them the motivation that they needed um, or, or something. I don't know. There's something about Rose's performance, um, and it's not even the whole time. I, I will say this. At times, it felt like j just uh, um, physically she just looks so young that it kind of threw me for a loop at first. I was like, okay, wait, hang on a second. Like, like she almost looks like she's too young oh, dude. to be teaching at this I, school. The, my first thought when she's on camera was she looks like she's three years older than the people she's teaching. Yeah. But when she says so, her boyfriend's 20, what did she, what did she say? She said like 28 or something that, that kind of explains it. She could be anywhere from like 24 to like 30 and, and it would kind of make sense a little bit, but it's 19, it's 1971. I was going to say she could be anywhere from 12 to 17. Well, here's what's interesting. Polanski. <laughs> here's what's interesting. I just looked up Jen Wexler. Um, and this is surprising. You know how much I love darling. Darling, oh, wow. I, I will not shut the fuck up about Darling. And it's therefore, true. it makes Mickey Keating, who directed that movie, one of my favorite fucking directors. So when I just looked at her credits, she's a producer on Darling. She's a producer on Like Me, who I did a, I, I did a review for that on my channel, I think in 2020. I liked that. Uh, and when I scroll down, she's a producer on fucking Psychopaths, which is another Mickey Keating movie. Like Me, Darling, ABCs of Death 2, Slumber Party, which I, I think, yeah, that's that short from 2012. Uh, she's done some stuff, uh, mostly mm -hmm. producing uh, from, the, from the looks of it. Let's look at her directing credits. She's working on two things now. She did The Ranger, Halloween Bash, Slumber Party, Pandora, The Sacrifice Game, not that Pandora. For some reason, why the fuck would you name your movie or your TV show? Oh, wait, is this actually a... No, I was going to say, is this a fucking <laughs> Pandora TV Avatar show? But no. Um, anyway, you know, she clearly has been around some people that know what the fuck they're sure. doing. Um, and, and I would say that this is... Generally speaking, this is actually, uh, this is directed pretty well. And I don't know, I, I don't know exactly what the fuck went wrong as far as it feeling the way it does. Because I know what you're saying when you say, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It feels like something off screen was happening yeah. um, that affects the stuff that we're seeing on screen. And I can't quite, I can't quite pin down what that, what that is. But it's mm -hmm. definitely there, and and I, yeah, I think it may be the budget. It it might be the budget that really holds the idea back because this is a low budget movie, and the idea is very large, and it yeah. feels like they spent a lot of money on the location. I don't know that that's the case, but the location feels very big and very out of reach for what this movie's budget feels like. Um, mm -hmm. So it, that may be part of it, but I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's 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 hard to put your um, your finger on it while you're watching it because something feels off. Like it, it's it's one of the most conflicting viewing experiences experiences I've ever had because there are elements that are so almost ethereal and intangible that make things feel off, while the things that your eyes can latch onto, it's like, well, this should be hitting harder. Well, and this is where Not that it doesn't not that it doesn't again. Right. I don't want to say I, I, I feel like I'm trying to make this like I, I don't want to make it selling. Like I'm shitting all over it. First of all, <laughs> relating up to my my movie coming out soon. And so I don't want to shit all over this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to set any unrealistic expectations or anything. <laughs> no, no, because I had, so, I had so little input on that movie that I'm not going to get into. But <laughs> but. That's what I'm saying is it's it, it is a lot of fun and I while watching it like part of me was so reluctant to like it and then but again I think a big part of that is because it's been a while since we've done a low budget that was good yeah for sure that when it started to feel low budget or when I started to notice that it was low budget, I think instinctively, because I'm a fucking asshole, I wanted to start not liking it. I started trying to insert 
Sorry, I had a thing on my lens. I was just blowing it off. I thought maybe I could get away without you noticing that or interrupting well, that thought. No, Sorry. Because, no, because I heard this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, my fault. My fault. Sorry. But so, but that's the thing is once you really start to get into it, once you allow yourself to kind of let go of those reservations of, okay, it's a low budget and start trying to anticipate and overemphasize, you know, the mistakes, the things that, you know, maybe someone like Eli Roth wouldn't make or if he made them, it would be on purpose. Right. Um, once you get away from stuff like that, you start to enjoy the ride a little bit more. For sure. Um, but again, there are things in here that I just... Couldn't help but notice, um, well, like I said, the, 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 the lens thing was a big deal for me. Me too. Um, and, and that was one of those things that I, the, one of the first few things that I noticed where I really was like, I don't know what the thought process behind this was, but. I can tell you. Okay. I can tell you. Can, 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 this is, so this is actually going to tie into why it was bothering me so much is because I have worked on projects where they insist on going anamorphic and I am somebody who is kind of over the whole anamorphic thing and is starting to kind of like fall back in love with spherical lenses. That's nerdy, it's technical, I get it. But once you are aware of the differences, you start to see why. And so my problem was that I've worked on so many projects, or not so many, but I've worked on projects where they do insist on shooting like wide open <sighs> and there's not intention behind it. Yeah. And so and so then rather than like, like if I get hired on as a gaffer, rather than going, okay, we're gonna shoot this as F4 or F5.6 and allowing me to light for that, it's okay, let's light how we want it to look and then we'll open it and close it at, to get the exposure that we well, want. Well, I mean, part of it, dude, is that this is a really dark movie like uh, sure. there is not a lot of light in this film at all until we get right. really toward the the dinner scene that that might be one of the more lit scenes in this film but again again you could achieve that exact same look by opening up the aperture and bringing in a little bit more light and then shaping in the controlling the light more no i'm not i'm not arguing with that my my point was going to be that like as far as the anamorphic thing goes i think that low mm. budget low budget productions uh, especially maybe cinematographers that aren't as experienced think that that's going to give them the look that they have in their head of a bigger mm. budget film. And mm -hmm. it, and a lot of the times, if you're not using it the way you should be using it, it just comes off like exactly what you're saying. And especially, oh, yeah. especially in lower budget shit. Um, Do you know how many times I've asked, why are we using anamorphic? And they go, because I want to. Yeah. That's uh, not why Because we're supposed it. to, to make it look like yep. a bigger budget movie. I, I, but this is where, uh, so let's get back to some of the story parts, though, because I think I feel like picking apart the the technical aspects of this film aren't, aren't maybe as fair as it would be to a higher budget movie, just because they no, don't have the, no, the money. And, right, right, and it's not that I've worked on. I, I don't want to make it sound like I've worked on huge big budget projects or anything like. Because I totally, I, I haven't. Other than like TV shows I've worked on, movie wise, has all been you know low budget indie films. It's just when I saw that, part of me went, oh, I know why they did that, and it they did that because of the reasons that I've had issues with in the past but again it's what it comes down to it was the, the the lack of intention behind using those lenses right um that was more my issue but I all guess. of this goes back to what i was saying at the beginning is this is why it's important <clears throat> to view stuff that is lower budget in a slightly different light than you would a large budget movie and 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 like i said absolutely i just watched absolutely. Uh, fucking, I keep forgetting the name of the movie because it's so fucking, it's such a bad title. Leave the World Behind. Um, this is a brand is new film. Is this Julia Roberts? This is a brand new movie. I think it just came out today or yesterday or something. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I watched it is because I got roped into paying for Netflix for a month and I was, I was <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as what Netflix has. And this looked interesting to me. This uh, that movie is insanely higher budget than this one is. And I watched sure. I watched that right after I watched The Sacrifice Game and it became super apparent to me when you watch two movies like that back to back mm -hmm. how wildly different the budgets are. And so 
when you watch a movie like The Sacrifice Game, it's important for you to go through it with the idea of they didn't have a whole lot of money to do stuff with. But when we get into the the front half of this movie, it is so damn different than the back half of this movie. Oh, and yeah. that was a lot of the, the critiques that I was seeing online is that this movie starts really fucking strong. Like we were saying, the first scene right out of the gate is so brutal. And I, I, I genuinely thought that they were going to grape that girl at the beginning. I, when they tear her dress Dude, off, I really yeah. thought that that was about to happen. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. That is like one of the things in horror that I just yeah. can't. Yeah, I'm the same I, way. I can't do it. It's. Um, I spit on your grave. It, I've watched one time and I'm good with gore. That's the stuff that I have a real problem with. Yeah. Like, like What was it? The I think the Hills Have Eyes 1 and 2 have a couple of pretty graphic scenes like that in it and i remember on the second one i just i just stopped watching i there's i don't i i don't i don't know if it's just because i'm a person with empathy that's what it is that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when i watched that stuff dude that's the one thing in horror i watched terrifier and i watched that girl get split down the middle yeah and i laughed out loud right but you give me a scene like what we're talking about here that we can't say because YouTube are fascists. I mean, they pin her arms down. They tear her dress. It, it, they open her legs a little you know, bit. Like, it really did feel like real, that's what was about to happen. It's a real conflicting feeling to see someone get gutted and go, oh, thank God, it's just that. <laughs> yeah, but but it sets the tone for this movie really well because this movie is brutal as fuck. And with a lower budget film, it being so brutal and there is some CGI gore in this, but I feel like the kills are all really fucking cool. The kills that are in here are all really well done. There's not a ton of deaths in this movie, but the ones that are in here feel really good. And it, it feels, mm -hmm. especially toward the end, it feels really satisfying to see everybody, what happens to everybody. So mm -hmm. for me, I, I think that I liked this a lot more because this has this this has the mentality of an older movie. And it's not just because it's set in the 70s. It's because it feels like somebody who really and this is the same reason I love Darling so fucking much. That movie is shot straight up like a 60s horror movie with with more gore and stuff. And then you watch this. I, I didn't know that Jen Wexler was was even involved in darling, but I got those same vibes because you can tell you can just fucking tell that this was written and made by somebody who actually loves horror movies versus mm -hmm. something like when we watched, I don't want to keep shitting on this movie, but when we watched, it's a wonderful knife that felt like somebody who did not like horror made a horror movie. And mm -hmm. this, this genuinely feels like somebody who loves horror made it. And because of well, that, how will they know how I feel exactly. And, and that's the other thing dude is there's this is pretty surface level it's it, yeah. it starts out as a very home invasion ish movie it moves on into a completely different direction which we'll touch on here in a bit but i think because of all of the the you can just but i think because of the love of horror that you can feel radiating off of this fucking movie that's why i loved it so much i don't did you get that at all or no um, I, I, I don't love horror the way you do, so I can't really, I, I can't really say. Okay. Um, and, and again, That's we fair. talked about it before. Um, I like horror, but, um, I, um, I, I don't appreciate horror because it's horror. I appreciate a good horror movie because it's a good movie. Right. Um, and the biggest thing I kept seeing after I watched this, I looked through some of the reviews is I kept seeing a lot of like girl power movie reviews. And I didn't get that in this. I didn't um, either. But I, um, but he, this is a really, really good example of how you can have hmm. strong female characters without it being shoved down your throat. Yes. Um, you can, um, uh, there, there's a scene towards the end where one of the girls, I'm not going to say who, gets uh, treated, or two of the guys get much more brutal uh, um, experiences than the girl does, and at no point did it feel like shoved down your throat. And so if the girl power thing was in here, which it totally is, this is how you do that in a, in, in, with the mindset of, even if that's your intention, 
wanting to make a good movie first and then wanting to just have strong female characters. And you have this in there without really like shoving it down anybody's throat. Yeah, it's and not, these, these girls are badasses. Yeah, they are. And it doesn't feel heavy handed like they're doing it to make a point of like women nope. are powerful. They just are. And they, mm -hmm. they rise to the occasion in the way that they need to. I mm -hmm. I will say uh, the teacher felt a little weak to me. And like she, her character didn't quite do justice to who I thought she was at the beginning of the movie. That that bothered me a little bit. Other than that, I I I, I totally fucking agree with what you're saying. This is the t polar fucking opposite of what we did last week, uh, and it felt amazing because of it. This is the type of shit we're talking about, where you can do this stuff without being heavy handed with it. Yeah. So frustrating that most uh, that most we're not ignorant, we're opinionated. <laughs> well, maybe we're both, but either way. So, okay, I want to know. I, I guess, actually, let's let's do this. Give me your thoughts on whether you think this is worth watching. I will do the same, and then we will move into spoilers, and then after that, we'll give ratings totally. and all of that stuff. So, give me your give me your overall thoughts on the sacrifice game. Uh, the sacrifice game is totally worth watching. It's fun. Uh, it's uh, it's right up my alley. It's got um, I can't say why it's up my alley without giving crap away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm just going to put it. I'm just going to leave it there. But it's uh, if you are in the mood for a fun, low budget uh, horror movie, Christmas that horror actually, movie. Christmas horror movie that actually almost seamlessly blends several different subgenres of horror. Um, this is totally worth a watch. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel the same way. I, I walked away from this movie kind of blown away because I, I had heard some stuff about this and, and I won't blow up their spot, but I heard another podcast briefly mention this film and, and I quote, it was okay. And so I went into it with the, this is going to be okay mindset and I had every expectation just completely blown away for myself. And that is partly, like I said before, because I had, st <laughs> I had watched Black Friday right before this. And it was so shit that I would probably have been okay watching It's a Wonderful Knife right after it. Um, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, do, I do have to say um, the way you went into this movie was the exact opposite of how I went into this movie. I expected something monumental in scale because I saw 92% on Rotten Tomatoes and I saw five skulls on Shudder. When I'd also I told went, you this is better than I thought it was gonna be, so. Right, and so I went into this with this whole thing of like, the new A24 movie just came out. <laughs> like, like that, that kind might of be a little scale. Much, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, as far as like everybody seemed to love it. Yeah. And I am a, I, I'm skeptical about A24. I've got my opinions on A24, but I do know that most people love A24, nine, you know, not nine times out of 10, but the majority of the time they come out with some pretty heavy hitters. Yeah. Um, and so the first part of this movie, I went back to Rotten Tomatoes and I went 92, maybe it was a six? No, no, that's 92. Okay, yep, that's 92. And so going into it with that expectation is the completely wrong way to go into this movie. Yeah. And it's why when you called me, when we got to the end, when I was towards the end, you called me and I had a very, very pessimistic tone. I was, um, I was kind of surprised by that. And it's because, and the reason we're doing this review with this tone now is because I had to sit back, I had to really kind of replay everything in my head and revisit everything I had just seen to realize that other than a few production faux pas in one actor, it's actually a good movie. Well, this is, yeah, and, and I totally agree. I, I think this is absolutely worth your time if you like horror movies, if you like home invasion films, if you like slashers, if you like, um, you know, stuff like the Pope's exorcist shit, if you like any of that stuff, I think you're really going to dig this Easy. movie, but 
This is a lower budget film and you cannot, like he was just saying, you cannot go into it with the idea no. that this is a massive, big budget A24 style movie because it's not. Mm -hmm. This is more along the lines and I'm so glad we looked up Jen Wexler's stuff as credits as far as her production credits go because it's so very much like Like Me and Darling and Psychopaths and I, I don't, have you seen any of those? No. Okay. If you like Mickey Keating, you're probably going to like this. And and if you don't know who Mickey Keating is, for the love of fuck, go watch Darling. Because if you like Darling, if you like this, you're going to you're going to be really into it. So I think this is totally absolutely worth watching, but I would love to start getting into spoilers now. So if you've not seen this film, you can jump to Actually, I won't even say that cuz we generally spoil stuff in our in our ratings as well. We are both telling you this is worth your time. So let's get into some fucking spoilers. I want to know when everything twists right there, right around the middle, how you're feeling, because I have a lot of thoughts about this. I wasn't surprised at all. That's the, like, that's the most, the most criticized thing I've seen about this movie is that in the middle, it, it shifts tones completely yeah. and changes from a, again, we're in spoilers now. It changes from a home invasion style movie into a demonic possession style movie. And, and who didn't see that coming? And that's the thing. It's like I, I while watching it, was so on board for wherever the fuck they wanted to take me yeah. that it was not a massive surprise to me. There are there are so many hints on where they're headed. Yes. Um, when they kill the priest. And they then cut off his, she, his birthmark or tattoo or whatever the fuck it is. Yep. I thought it was just curly body hair, but yeah, that's well, probably he, and he probably screams, what it "Don't was. let him loose!" He yells it, and that was okay. the other problem okay. I had with this that's movie. Fair. The reactions to pain are so <laughs> underwhelming. Yeah. Like when he gets his ear caught, he's like, ah. <laughs> "Yeah," but that it's, may it's, just be because Aladdin's a bad actor. Aladdin's a pretty bad actor, but no. So between the priests getting his flesh cut off, yeah, um, and then uh, Samantha walking in on Clara, and she's got all that shit on her arm. It's like I knew exactly where we were going with this by the time the twist comes. It yeah. wasn't really even a twist to me. It was just like, oh, now we're in a new act. Well, and it's not that I'm surprised that. Okay, we can talk. We can talk everything at this point. It's not that I'm surprised that Clara ends up being the demon. I actually, that caught me by surprise because I thought, you know, I really thought, okay, I, I yeah. love the idea when they get down into the basement, they find the book and they haven't had the entire book. So they weren't reading, uh, she wasn't reading everything into this. So she didn't exactly know. It's dumb as fuck on her part, but she didn't exactly know what they were doing. It's not a demonic. What did she say? It's not, they weren't bringing it's forth the demon. It's an unbinding thing. Right. So I fucking love that idea. And I also think that the yeah. idea that Claire has been at this school for ages is amazing. Now you do. I do, but there are some definitely there's some there's some plot holes here because oh, because some pretty big ones because specifically the headmistress whatever her name is I don't remember her Who's name eighty million years old how would she not know this that's the biggest exactly. problem with this movie exactly. for me because they make a point of having the girl that is in the quote cult say even back in the in the mid sixties that she was still the headmistress then so it doesn't make it. Now, they do have a throwaway line in here where Clara says, I was able to cloud everyone's mind in order to stay hidden in all this stuff. But when you have literal... Oh, I must have missed that. No, yeah, she does say that. But when you have um, literal okay. photo evidence of her being in every class going back as far as there are pictures, I don't know how anybody doesn't notice that sort of thing. But I guess if she's a demon and she can, quote, cloud people's minds... Weakest fucking demon too. Yeah. I can't. I can't kill them. Why come is that? Well, she's like, she's what, bound. What? To what? 
Well, remember, she says that the town people changed their mind halfway through summoning him or her, I guess. Oh, that's right. And yeah, so, yeah, that's right. And so she, right. there there was an act. I wish we had gotten a flashback or something. But again, this goes back to not having the money to be able to do stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I would have loved to have seen the town on fire and them changing their mind halfway through. Like, what have we done? All of that stuff I would have loved to have seen. Uh, but I understand why it's not in here. But the, most of the the plot holes that we're talking about are explained away by by what feel like throwaway lines in that way. Yeah, well, yeah, because a, a lot of them I miss. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not paying extra close attention to every single line that comes out of everyone's mouth, it's super easy to not notice any of that stuff. But to be fair, I've got like overly unmedicated ADD. And so, you know, somebody else is going to watch this and go, how the fuck did you miss this? That a broken brain is how I missed it. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. But the the fortunate part for me is I I can get <laughs> hyper focused on uh, that too, but I can get hyper focused on stuff that interests me. And because right. yet again, because I was coming off a movie that I was so disinterested in, I was able to hyper focus on this movie in a way that I'm not on every single movie. So I was able to pick all that stuff up because I too Fair suffer enough. from unmedicated ADD. Mm-hmm. But I. I let me know. Tell tell me how you're feeling about the second half of this movie because there's there's quite a bit to to dissect here. Uh, the 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 second half of this movie is uh, is the most fun um, as far as a, in its entirety. Uh, the beginning half is really fun when we get to see the um, uh, when we get to see Bonnie Clyde and Clyde and Clyde and <laughs> <laughs> and those moments are really fun. Um, the, but, but the second half of this movie is a lot of fun in its entirety. And it's when we get into the part that what, like I said, is right up my alley because supernatural horror is right up my Dude, alley. When that stuff started um, to pop up, I was like, oh, he's going to actually probably be more into this than I initially thought that he would be. Yep. Yep. Because, because there is, I, I have no more of a favorite Dungeons and Dragons story than the Bible. And it is really, really fun when you start injecting angels and demons into something. It's why the Diablo series is one of my favorite game series of all time. Right. There's just, there is something inherently fun about the idea of heaven and hell and the entities that inhabit them. Um, so once we get into that part, I started having a lot of fun with it. That's why I was so disappointed in the in the moments that are really supposed to underscore how evil she is because those are things that they didn't really even have to, like, like I said, a little voice modulation here and there would have made these moments hit like a motherfucker. Yes, I completely um, agree. And, and, and to, to go in another direction with it, she deserves that. This little girl who does that deserved that. And she didn't get it because I really feel like had we had those moments, had we had those production values in, um, in audio. And they're so easy to do. Right. That's the, that's the part that drives me crazy. The stuff we're talking, that specifically is so far. We both know how easy it would have been to just Mm -hmm. record somebody doing those exact same vocals, pitch them down a little bit really, really bring out the demonic side of her and yeah. and bring her levels down just a little bit so you can still hear her voice, but it's being even, overpowered by a big, burly, demonic-sounding voice. You, you don't even really, like I said, dude, like, like as much of a joke as it is, like, l- l- take somebody that can do vocals like that, like, take, you know, somebody like Will Ramos from Lorna Shore or, or a lot of these, like, you know, uh, like, like, death metal, deathcore vocalists. Yeah. They can make those sounds. You don't even have to have like high end editing on the end of it. Just have somebody repeat her lines underneath her. Anyway, we're getting off track here. The point is we have a really, really strong second half here that could have been made all the stronger had we had these little things added in there um, as a forethought and not an afterthought. Yeah, I I agree. It's act three that really it just falls a little bit short of all the stuff that they set up. And that is it almost why it feels like it runs a little too long. Um, well, that's the thing. It's only an hour and a half. So it, it I know it, 
I, I agree. It does feel like it runs a little bit long. I was actually surprised by how it felt longer than it actually is. Yeah. And and because of that, it, the third act, I think also the, the trail end of this is not. I was a little disappointed that uh, what is her name? I was a little bit disappointed that Samantha actually doesn't have a stronger arc in this. Uh, because I, I really, really wanted her to come in and start swinging that fucking axe at the dinner scene because that would have really, it would have been great had she killed fat guy, Grant, was that his name? It would have been mm-hmm. great if she had come in and killed Grant instead of Grant killing himself. His name's Grant, right? Wasn't that right? I think so. Yeah, because the other guy is Doug. Yeah, it is Grant. Yeah. So and, and Aladdin. I think that Grant killing himself makes sense within his character because he's so broken from the war and all that other stuff, and he's just over it. I also, but I also thought it was a little bit weird that he he was supposedly under this this demon's influence, but was still able to decide for himself that I'm gonna kill myself in order to opt out of this this position you've put me in. So that that bothered me a little bit, and and Samantha walks in on that scene anyway. And so, mm-hmm. so for me, I think the better way to go about doing that is you let Samantha come in, kill Grant as she's about to kill uh, the girl. I again, I'm so terrible Claire. at names. M- Macy is that was that her name? Macy. Macy? Yes. yes. I, I think that right before Grant is about to kill Macy, you have Samantha come in with the axe, kill Grant, and then that brings a whole more a whole higher level of Clara being able to get really pissed off at. Samantha ruining her plans because otherwise it kind of feels like the demon is just letting her off the hook a little bit, which makes sense Mm -hmm. at the very end, but not within the scene of the dinner. So I just think that that fell flat a little bit, but outside of that, I think that the very last fucking scene where Samantha does put an ax into the back of Macy is such a fucking cool idea. And I love that Clara allows Samantha to come with her at the end. That is something that I was not expecting. I really thought Clara was going to end Samantha and just go on her way because after all, let's not forget she's a demon. So it feels a little bit weird and off character for her to allow Samantha to come with her. Does that make any sense? It does, but it also, what I was also sitting here thinking is it had to happen for me to not hate the ending to this movie because my thought before she gets an ax buried into her spine, neck, or skull, all of which are viable options, by the way. Yeah, because they don't clarify on that at all. All I was, all I, uh, (laughs) 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 (sighs) before that happens, all I'm thinking is, really, I'm supposed to feel bad for this fucking bitch? Who, Clara? No, Maisie. Oh, right, 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 because she's such a horrible person the rest of the movie. She's scared, she's been doing all this horrible shit, and now out of nowhere, I'm supposed to be, oh, yes! (laughs) Yeah, please get away, horrible, awful human being. Yeah. 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 So the end of this movie, I'm thinking, okay, she got what she wanted, or she got what she deserved. Um, And at first, I didn't really know how to feel about, like, the whole... Samantha and Clara thing. Yeah. My whole thing is Clara's still a demon. Right. That's what I mean. Like, why would she have empathy towards Samantha or feel like she's her friend when in reality she's a fucking hell spawn? Like, I it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, 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 and again, I actually like that they go away with each other at the end. I think it's cool. You don't see that kind of stuff a whole lot. But when I really start thinking about it, she's a fucking demon. Mm-hmm. So maybe she needs a new girl to. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I, that that is the only part in this film where I felt the writing really felt short, d- despite some of the the dialogue and other stuff. The writing, yeah, and the dialogue wasn't bad, but it was flimsy at times. Right. So the the very end, that that specific part is where I really felt like, oh, you kind of. You kind of wrote yourself into a corner where you've still got Samantha alive, but you like Samantha so much that you don't want to just kill her off, which which I honestly I wouldn't have liked that either. If I'm being real fucking honest, if she had just snapped her neck or something and throw her thrown her in the woods or onto a cop car while they Dude. pull up. I, I, I don't know. It just I can feel the dilemma the writers had whenever they yeah. were like, 
I don't want to kill off Samantha because she's so sweet and and likable and one of the few likable characters in this. I I would have loved to see them like walk off together and then as they hold hands, just Samantha's arm goes stiff because Claire did something off screen and then go to black where she just like betrays her right at the fucking end. I thought that would have been really, really yeah. cool. Just really solidify how fucking evil this bitch is. Yeah. But no, instead we get you and me. Right, and, me and that, together that forever. is where you kind of almost do the rest of your movie a little bit of disservice because we are, yeah. su- we are supposed to believe that this bitch has been waiting for her ability to escape the entire time and she has been in, she's been patient and she finally gets what she wants and she can go terrorize the world or whatever it is she's going to do after this whole thing you kind of do your your entire movie a disservice by giving her a little bit of empathy like that which is weird to say yeah. and if she wasn't a demon I totally get it but that's the only problem that I had with the writing side of this is that it just felt that that very last fucking scene just fell a little bit flat for me, but it's not enough to ruin it. I don't think. Right. No, it's not. It's not enough to ruin it, but it is enough to notice that I didn't like it. Yeah. But again, because if we I, like Samantha so much, she has just damned herself to hell for all of eternity. So. Oh. <laughs> what's that? What's that old bit? I can't remember what comedian it was, but it was. Have you seen the people that think they're going to heaven? I don't want to go up there. (laughs) All right. Well, why don't you give me your final thoughts and your rating on the sacrifice game? Uh, The sacrifice game, uh, I'm a bigger fan of it in retrospect than I was while it was happening. Um, I was so bummed when I I called you and was like, you almost done with this? Let's record. And you said, what did you say? (laughs) I said something about... Yes, I can't, it was essentially. I can't wait for this to be over. I was really yeah. bummed when you when oh, you said that. I can't believe that. there's ten minutes left. Yes, I can't believe there's ten minutes left. And <laughs> and again, because while I was watching it, I also I also had a pretty rough day today too. And so right. when I went into this, I was not like my my, my head was not in it. And I didn't want to um, say anything when we had initially canceled recording this for today. I didn't want right. to say like don't go into this movie with the mindset that you're in because I, I I really feel like it's going to color how you're seeing it. But that's why I was so okay. Canceling recording this initially because I didn't want you to go into it feeling that way because it really would have changed how you felt about this film. So, so, um, so like I said, it's, it's one of the first times because we're recording this. Like when we started recording this, it was 30 minutes after I got done. Yeah. Um, that's a really short amount of time to reflect on the whole thing True. and go, you were wrong about how you felt initially, yeah. and then be able to sit there and go, okay, no, in the context of what it was, this was a good, th- this was a good fun watch. Um, I do not think it deserves a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. I do not think it is a five out of five <laughs> skulls. You. You're wrong, then. You're wrong. You are incorrect on whatever you're going to say later. Um, it is not that good. Um, that does not mean it's good, but 92%, I mean, like, we're talking like like The Revenant has scores like that. I, I'll put it this and, way. I can understand why it has higher critic score than audience score. I'll yeah. just put it that oh, way. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I will say... I was wrong on how I initially felt about this movie, and this is actually one I'm going to go back and watch again, not only because it's uh, something that I want to reevaluate, but because it's a fun Christmas horror movie worth watching again. Whether there are a lot of things in here we did not touch on. Yeah. Um, uh, the we, we didn't talk about how her unbinding dance looks like the fusion dance from Dragon Ball GT. <laughs> I mean, I don't um, have that reference, but I loved that scene. I thought it was fucking um, great. The only thing that would have made I, that scene better is fucking Bauhaus. <laughs> That's the only thing that would have made that scene better. <laughs> a straight up demon. What is it? Demon night where that scene that, that we did. Actually, you know what? We, we, re, we reviewed that on the VHS Files podcast and a straight up. That would have been a very cool reference to Demon Knight. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, um, so, so there are things, but again, that's one of those things that I need to go back and reevaluate that too. This is a movie that is worth a second watch, regardless of how you felt about it, because I can almost guarantee that if you didn't like it, it's because you weren't watching it from the perspective of a low budget horror movie and you were watching it because you were expecting something, but something along the lines of like a bigger God budget. God damn it. Amen to that. Um, and uh, and it's, it, it, it just isn't that. And as we've said before, um, part of the reason why these horror movie reviews work is because he is a horror fanatic and I am a horror fan. There's a big difference between those, even though one is just a shortened version of the other. I find a horror fanatic is not the same as a fan of horror. And even I'm going to sit here and go, yeah, this is worth watching again. So my score for this is going to be a 7 out of 10. Okay. Um, All right. Well, for me, I I, I just want to do something here real quick. Um, The Sacrifice game here has a 2.9 on Letterboxd. Um, That's way lower than I personally think it should be. This does not have a ton of reviews. You can see here it says 2.4K reviews, um, just under 2.4K. You know... I think that this is this might be a little misunderstood. That's that's my mindset Mm -hmm. on this film that, like you said, if you go into this expecting something higher or higher budget than it is, you might be a little bit disappointed. But I I, want to read my review here. Um, I'm shocked at the reviews of this film from the people on this miserable ass app. I'm (laughs) talking I'm talking about Letterboxd here. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you people? (laughs) In my humble opinion, this is one of the better horror films of the year. But sure, let's keep kissing the ass of shitty movies like Talk to Me. The demonic possession idea here is great. The camera work is amazing. Outside, I will agree that the wide angle shit, definitely distracting and definitely an issue. Her next movie, she really needs to address some shit like that if she uses the same DP. Um... Uh, the camera work is amazing the camera work is amazing the acting is good and the kills are brutal as fuck quote it's like the holdovers but a slasher is such a dismissive surface level thing to say when all it has in common with it is people stay over at a school over holiday break and that idea isn't even the focus of the fucking movie it makes me question, quote, horror fans' taste and judgment when they like garbage like Skinamarink and other horse shit over this. It's brutal, has good effects, and is actually scary, unlike most of the other horror that I've seen this year. Cough, cough, talk to me, cough, cough. Can you tell how much I hated cough, uh, fucking talk to me? But I'm No, a, how'd you feel about but it? But I'm apparently in the minority on this one, considering how low the scores are, specifically here on Letterboxd. I'm shocked at people's reaction to this and frankly disappointed. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> okay, Papa Scary. <laughs> no, that, that part's a joke. But here's here's my thing. I fucking loved this movie. And I thought it was, again, considering its budget, uh, considering it's a Shutter original, I think that this mm-hmm. is one of the better horror movies of the year, personally. Now, with that being said... Obviously, if we if we are grading by budget, there's a lot of problems that that can be put. You can poke a lot of holes in this fucking movie if you really, really want to. But like you said, I'm a horror fanatic and I think that this is aimed specifically at people like me. And I could see the love of horror fucking oozing out of this movie. And because of that, I'm going to rate this a nine out of ten. I, I fucking I fucking love this movie and this is why I got I got a little I got a little like uh, nervous when you said this doesn't deserve a, a nine point ninety three or whatever you said. Well, I was right. I I don't think you're right. I I dude I really I right. really no, fucking no, no. enjoyed this movie a lot and I came out of it. No, you're wrong. <laughs> I came out of it. I told you you would be. <laughs> I came out of it way more impressed than I expected to be. So this is a nine out of ten for me. Um, All right. Now. If you've seen this movie, please let us know how you feel about it down in the comments. This is getting dragged a little bit on Letterboxd, even on the audience score 
on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's way fucking lower than it should be. Yeah, 42% is way, way too low. Way too fucking low. On IMDb, this is a 5.5. I think it's it, that's, also too low. that's even too low for it. So like you, like you said, Brett, watch this again, regardless of how you felt about it, because there's a lot to appreciate here. And there is a lot we didn't touch on here. To. So in my opinion, this is a 9 out of 10, but I can see why a lot of people wouldn't have or wouldn't want to look at it through the context of a low-budget movie. So let us know how you felt about it down in the comments. If you like this, make sure you hit the like button. If you really liked it, make sure you hit the subscribe button because we got a lot more content on this channel just like this. We got... We got kind of an interesting video coming up for you guys next later this week. Actually, it's the first time we're going to be doing two videos in one week. The next one we do is something <laughs> that we were doing a lot when we first started the channel, but kind of fell off. It's a lot of fun. And, and, and regardless of how it does, we have a lot of fun doing thing it. That'll get us cancels. No, no, no. This next one, this next one is not that one. It's, it's, um, I'll cut this. It's one of the things. It, it, <laughs> It's got the potential for us to get way too loose-lipped and get canceled. But this is why I have final edit on this shit, because I am way more uptight <laughs> about that stuff than I think we you may, would be. We may, we may start doing live episodes one day. Maybe. And it'll never, ever be that category no. of video. No, no, no. But we got a really we got a really fun video for you guys coming up next. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Thank you for all of the support and new subs and and likes and all the stuff that we've been getting the last few weeks. We really fucking appreciate it. We really do. Every single goddamn sub is it, it is how do I put we this? We still do it. We, we still do it. Every time, every time we get a new sub, did you see the new sub? Yes. Did you see the new sub? Somebody comment. Is, did you see the new sub? It is very fucking fun and awesome that you guys are enjoying the shit that we're putting out and we really fucking appreciate it. We cannot say that enough. So thank you guys. If you got all the way to the end of this, you're a fucking hero. You were the person we made this for and we will see you guys next time from the deep. Uh, bye bye. Red Rocket. Ew. Why you gotta ruin a whole good episode with the... There's things going on over here.